0: This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single
1: day. All right, Welcome back to another episode of Manifest Mindset. We're here again with Nick and Bob. How are you doing today, Nick? I'm
0: doing okay, my friend. Life is good. What's
1: new with you? Is good? It's life is good as well. Um I don't know if we recorded of when I officially graduated dude, Not school.
0: Not official till this moment.
1: Not official till this moment. So I graduated physical therapy school the 15th, um, done with school or physical therapy school forever. Uh, <laughs> finished my clinical. So now I'm just studying for my boards and uh, it's interesting.
0: Dude, job well done. I, uh, I remember these moments pretty vividly, um, both from our graduation uh, ceremony type thing that we had uh, in the spring after finishing the last finals, after calling back from clinical and being done. Um, good work, dude.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, unfortunately, the um, there wasn't an actual ceremony, but next year is is coronavirus free. <laughs> there could be a potential graduation <laughs> that I'll uh, that I'll attend in person. I mean, I'll be
0: honest. Get my own ceremony, so. I'm not, uh, I'm not stressing it too much either. Yeah,
1: yeah, no. Um, it's interesting because now that like I'm in the depths of studying for the board exam, um, and like going through taking like courses, like a review program, it's interesting because last time you said something about the the board exam, and how you changed your mindset of like, you weren't going to do some some of the interventions or some of the, the examination procedures in real life but you I would on the life, exam. Uh, yeah I'd uh I'd
0: humble myself and uh recognize and realize that the point of the exam is to test us on what a current baseline body of knowledge is for the physical therapy profession at one in time and the purpose isn't necessarily clinical excellence and doing the best you absolutely can. It's about kind of standardizing things across the board.
1: Yeah. No, I was um I had a live class today and the the teacher, the professor, was talking about lateral apocondylosis or so lateral apocond the the lysis. And he was he said, What's the first thing you would do? And everybody just said, ultrasound for ion- iontophoresis or racing <laughs> Which I guess for the MP, MPTE or the board exam would be the right answer. And then we were like talking about parameters for antroparesis, for ultrasound. Isn't
0: that heartbreaking?
1: It is. It is. Um, I mean, like we're paying so much for, for education and I guess we were pushing so much for, for getting a doctorate degree, but on the exam, it's just using some machine.
0: Yeah, back, back in the stone ages man.
1: Back in the, back in the caveman like good, uh, era, geez,
0: I, I, I where they were just like chilling around the campfire with their ice picks and their ultrasound. <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, I actually want to talk about that topic in general. So oh dear. maybe, Moral. maybe we talked about this, not about the, the ice picks. um, maybe, I think we talked about this in the past, but this this idea of like having a doctorate and I mean, you've been out in the field for a year already um, and I assume you don't call, you don't like, you're, you, for patients, you're like, hey, I'm Nick, I'm not Dr. Davis. It it actually
0: depends on the patient,
1: Bob. It actually depends. Okay, interesting. Tell me more.
0: So uh, at my sports clinic, you've not a chance. Uh, never. Um, that's uh, it's not the vibe there. Uh, and, and they know like my knowledge, my understanding, and the way I help them back uh, backs it up. Um, when I'm in a at Kaiser, sometimes at a more prestigious hospital, sometimes I'll introduce myself and say, "Hey, so and so, you know, right through your chart, please come back. This way to work with you. I'm Dr. Davis. Um, please feel free to call me Nick." And part of the understanding with that is that I am in a residency program, and In some some times of that, I'm with my mentor. And I think it's important when there is, there's still a hierarchy there, right? It's not just like, yes, I'm a doctor, but I'm not not the level of the people I'm getting mentored by some of the leads with. But so I think it's important for the patient to have a standpoint that like, this random dude that's still grabbing them as me, is not like, it's not just a student. It's like actually like a doctor who's graduated, um, uh, doctorate program to build that confidence in for patients. So just to instill that in them Then very soon after okay call me nick and so da that good some people will still call me dr davis not many um but again that's their preference and their kind of background
1: yeah so i'm just curious why wouldn't you do that at evolution now i know you said it's like a different vibe um but yeah. i mean wouldn't you like first at the base ground that's like i guess you can say like quote unquote elevating your status or whatever.
0: I think there it's already implied. I don't think it's as needed. They're coming to us. And part of it too is how it's how our front desk sports it too. It's like they, they do the kind of talking up like, Oh, like doc, like you're scheduled doctor so-and-so and all this and everything, um, for the first time patients come in. And it's, so it's like that expectation is there and it's kind of like, we're there to like break the ground or relate to them just a little bit more. Um, and it makes it personable kind of right away. And that's kind of the atmosphere environment that we're going for. And there's really not a need to make it um, excessively clinical. Now, I'm sure that we could, again, play devil's advocate, that there's a no time, a no place for it. And it would be just as easy to introduce myself as doctor doctor, then um, kind of go from there. Um, and so I, I wouldn't say never, but there might be a couple older patients who it might be a benefit to. Um, but it's, It's very much the vibe, and I think the big reason I do it is the kind of idea of, like, the hierarchy and making sure that I want to um, sound and present credible to the patients I'm interacting with.
1: Yeah, no, of course. Uh, I'm just going to get your thoughts on this, next because, like, the whole, like, APTA or the the Association of Physical Therapy has been, like, pushing for a doctorate for, like, years. Um, And then it's gotten in place. 2009, 2010, all like, physical therapy programs are, like, doctorate of physical therapy. Um, but then when you come out of school, it's like, hey, it's Nick, hey, it's Bob. It's like not many PTs just embrace the doctorate title. Now, I know there's, like, the, the whole doctorate idea is being direct access, getting, like, those privileges. Um, but I feel like... Some of us are, like, missing the boat with, I guess, embracing that doctorate status. Now, now that's just my opinion, um, but, again, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this.
0: Yeah, um, I would actually agree with you, Bob, and I agree with you for those of us not embracing that, both on the personal level and on the national level as a profession as well. You know, if we look at, um, like, places for professional responsibility as well as um, reimbursement as well as years of schooling, We look at something like PA, physician assistant, or podiatrist even. Um, The amount of schooling and training that they go through, um, the same or less than us to be at a scale, like to be at a pay scale um, that's usually substantially higher, that's more medically directed. Um, It's a different kind of vibe. And so I think that as a profession, um, we have a long way to go in kind of holding that as a doctorate as far as across the board are there countless individuals and countless groups of people that hold that true? And I believe hold that up. Absolutely. Um, but I think as a profession, um, I don't think we're doing our job. And I actually, I don't think that we are held to a high enough standard of, and that we're also not supported as enough and to be held to that standard to, um, let me just say, I think we can do better across the board throughout our profession, having higher demands, having, Um, better kind of regulation of baseline competencies that we think people should have. I think that it's, well, just like any profession, really, Um, but I'm most intimately involved with physical therapy. I think too many people can kind of float by or get a little bit comfortable. I mean, the people who graduate PT school and Bob, you'll have a large number of them in your class, just like anybody will in any class, Um, hopefully less at Ithaca compared to some other schools, but that float by, that will take, you know, Um, they'll take that last con-ed course in their two or three year period, um, not because it's interesting, but because it's free or close to free, and they need the credits, they need the CEUs. And not that con-ed is everything, but that, you know, they don't go engage with other colleges about how they can improve this, that. The other thing is, oh, here's what I learned back in the day in my time in school, and, you know, maybe I'll get one or two new ideas out there. Um, But, you know, being a a good PT, no matter what realm you're in, has got to be far more than just using your baseline education and seeing the cool thing out of Instagram that you want to integrate.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It, it goes back to the quote that I said um, a few episodes back. Would you rather be a therapist with one year of experience 20 times or would you be rather be a therapist with 20 years of experience?
0: Absolutely.
1: So, yeah, that that was just something that was on my mind um, as I was, like, studying that MVP. So, Bob, and, how, how are you
0: wrestling with this in your mind? I mean, I know, I know I've know said my version. Um, you certainly um, had your cave paintings analogies go on for yourself. Um, but how are you wrestling with this for studying, knowing that, you know, it's the board in October, then all these other phases of your career you've talked about?
1: So in terms of, like working yeah, with I'm, I'm
0: talking uh just in general in terms of um this stage of life where you're at this kind of strange medium between being graduated as a doctor uh physical therapy but not actually in full practice yet
1: well i i down down but like what's the main thing i need to focus on right now it's like the most important thing and for me that that's right now is just passing the exam whether it's I'm learning antiquated material, whether I'm learning amazing material. The main goal for me right now is to just pass MPT and then that's it. And then, then my next plan after that will be my next main focus.
0: Absolutely. Now by this isn't fair to to pull this completely out, but I'm gonna over exaggerate things. And I say that through physical therapy school, um I'll make a statement that you've had a hard time keeping a focus. When you said, hey, you've in my one priority, right? I think you've been pulled in a lot of different directions, a lot of things that you've had interest in, a lot of your own kind of entrepreneurial things. Um, do you feel like you're now even more committed to stay at one thing? Um, do you feel like you're less committed than others, like you have more free time, so you're gonna do other things? What's your mindset around that?
1: That's a good question. Like in physical therapy school, I was exploring different things. I was pulled, pulled to starting an online fitness class um, coaching program, I was pull, pulled to starting a YouTube channel. And then those are things that, unfortunately, don't work out. And I was pulled in different directions. Um, but I think that now that something's – I don't want to make this excuse of, like, something's become, quote, unquote, more official. But to me, it feels like this physical therapy profession that I'm in, it has become more more official. Like, it's more – I guess there's more stakes attached to it than if I were to fail at something else.
0: Um, exactly. So you feel like, hey, this is, I graduated, this is good, this isn't just physical therapy school where my focus may be shifting between class and class, but now it's like, hey, it's between physical therapy and other things that are not physical therapy.
1: Yeah, so, so about, boil down to like what the my main goal is, which is eventually starting my own clinic, which where I can treat how I wanna treat and help the patients, how I want them, how I want to help them. So basically I tap dance out of bed. I can potentially walk to work. Um, and then I'm oh, there. No problem. you're going to freaking tap dance to work. I'm going to, I'm going to tap dance to work. Um, you're right. And then that's, that's the main goal right now. So every effort or everything that I'm doing right now is, is working towards that goal. And I think I'm really, I guess, constricting of like what I need to do to, to make that goal happen, which As is right now. Is, past is, the that,
0: is that easier or harder for you You know, that yeah, this is in the short term versus like, you know, this was like, and, and I, I mean that in terms of passing the exam, right? I mean, it's October, something there's a finite date to it, a finite amount of time to study. Would this be harder or easier for you? If let's say, you know, this was going to be a year and a half process.
1: Um, I mean, definitely be harder, if I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I'd be pulled in some different direction just a little bit, but then I'd bounce back to this is the main goal. Now, when I was in physical therapy school, um, I had a lot of, like, side passions pop up, like getting my CSES, I, 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 doing a lot of, like, lifting training. Those were amazing. That added to my education. But the, the main strand was passing physical therapy school. That was, like – the end all, be all for that time period. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, so actually, there's a the quote I like to share. So this is in um, the book, The Goal,
0: is the new, new book that I'm reading.
1: Um, Elia Goldrat.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: Um, so basically this is actually like a fiction book. Um, and I just started it I'm reading like 10 to five to 10 pages every day. Um, the quote is, you cannot understand the meaning of predictivity unless you know what the goal is until then you're just playing a lot of games with numbers and words. So. I just think the last sentence hits home for me. Like you're playing a lot of games with, with the words you're playing a lot of games with numbers, um, which are like, I'm going to have a YouTube channel of like this X amount of subscribers or, or whatever. Um, unless I know like what the one goal for me right now is, which is having the, a, a clinic that I can practice of how I want to practice. So that's where I'm at right now, Nick.
0: I like it, Bob. So would you boil that down to when we think about the one goal? It's like, hey, this is my one priority. This is what I'm chasing after. It's not up to look at the metrics, right? It's like, hey, I've got my goal. I'm looking at the numbers, and I hate the numbers or not. Are you saying that would be missing the boat? If
1: if those numbers don't contribute to the goal.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so it's, hey, we're not looking at just, hey, let me look at some numbers that are kind of sort of involved, but let me really look at, hey, what are my like measurable key factors at hand um, that I can measure that I know are going to make an impact in this? Yes. So Bob, for you, what are those numbers in the short term?
1: So I mean, if I were to make the analogy, like instead of numbers, it would be passing them, PT. Totally. Right? That's, that's that's a number
0: thing, man. So you got to get a score to make it happen, and it's uh, this is a great example. It's very clear. Like, did you pass or not?
1: Exactly. So so that's the plan. That's that's that goal. Um, I, I'm glad you're taking the test with the plan of passing. That yep, that makes
0: sense. good. Yeah,
1: and uh, after that, um, the plan is. I know that there's a lot of like different processes with direct access, with referral, getting referrals from doctors, building up a community. Um, but it's still right now, as it seems, it's still. I'm going to be part time at a at a clinic. To just pay for my loans, pay for my debt, and then the the rest of my time, I'll be at my own clinic, Ease treat hopefully maybe one patient a day, giving them the hundred percent the best service I can give let them become a testimonial and then go from one to two patients and then slowly build up and wrap up from there.
0: I like it you'll never have a greater crime than, uh, than doubling.
1: <laughs> You're right. So, so that's where I'm at. Um, I mean, it just me scaring saying that scares the heck out of me, but like, wow. because it scares me because I guess there's this one part of, of me of like, Oh, what, if, what if something happens or what if like, I can't get the first patient or something like that. Which I know that's hey, not hey, true. Hey,
0: Bob. Bob, we're going to play a game. And this is a game I've played. And like, this brings back great memories for me because I played this exact game with you on a previous podcast episode. I believe it was a year and a half ago. And I know the exact kind of basement uh, biomechanics lab we in when we did this. So you, what was the thing that you said what if to?
1: What if I can't get a first patient?
0: Okay. What if you can't, Bob?
1: Um, what if I can't? Then I'll keep on trying till I can. That's.
0: And what if you can't?
1: What if I can't? What if I can't get a patient? Get a patient at all? I mean, that just sounds ridiculous because I know I can, and, and I know it's an irrational fear. But but if I were just to say like. No matter how hard I tried, and no matter how long I tried, I couldn't get one patient. Um, I would find a different clinic to work in that just drives me up just as much.
0: Okay.
1: And what if you couldn't get a job there? What if I couldn't get a job? Um, I find another clinic, and if that drives me just as much, and if you couldn't, I mean, there's eventually going to be a clinic, but if you say, I I couldn't get another job no matter where, um, I don't know, Nick. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. I'm, I'm done
0: asking because your mindset changed, right? Even for the listeners here, the tone changed. It wasn't like well, I don't know what I do like I'm freaking out you can't control it. you're like I don't know what I do because that's literally not gonna happen I'm in control I own this maybe there's like a one percent chance I couldn't get a single patient for my place but I love how you're like that just sounds ridiculous like why would I ever think that so just going through that process and like I love doing this for other people and other people doing it for me Bob it's okay what if you said that what if it happened what if the worst thing you can imagine happens First of all, is that worst thing that can happen if I really boil it down? But just like you said, that sounds preposterous. Like, why can't you put in the crazy effort that you used to be in a hustler and making it happen? Why can't you make it happen? Dude, you're gonna make it happen, we know that, right? You're gonna have the relationship with the MDs, you're gonna make it happen. It might not be easy, it might not be quick, you're gonna keep trying busting your ass for it. But like you said, if eventually you don't, you know to jump ship and when it's truly valuable too, to learn some lessons
1: to get back on later. All right. and I think part of when I do have to jump, or if I ever do have to jump, jump ship, which I'm not saying I will, I guess, is to like embrace the failure because that's be something that is very hard to come come in terms with. Um, and I, I think if I don't embrace the failure, now, now again, this is just saying like what if. Um, Like, I'll go down, like, a road of shame, and I'll be pushing everything away even more, and it leaves me even worse than if I embraced failure and found the place that I loved working at. Um, But yeah, that's not going to happen. That's,
0: yes. Yeah, dude, I mean, a, uh, a buzz cut for me is a different connotation than a buzz cut for you.
1: What what do you mean by that? (laughs) I I mean the time you shaved your head bald. Ah, yes. So I guess another another way is like how we embrace our failures. Absolutely. Okay, I like that.
0: Yeah, and so I'd say you know for those of you out there listening, is that uh, Bob had a failure back in the day, and he really made a bet place on the table that. He would shave his head bald if he didn't commit to it. And so, being the man of the word that he is, of his word that he is, he tried really hard to commit to it. He didn't. He would shave his head bald. And it was a reminder. And not, those those reminders are powerful, bonds, And it might at first be an internal reaction to shame, but then it grows into something so much more. It grows into something where it's, okay, this is literally a reminder staring me back in the mirror constantly that I have to hold myself to a standard and bridge like that gap.
1: And it's funny because with all these failures, I think I've been embrace- like holding myself to a higher standard after each time as well.
0: What is it? Uh, I want to dig deep for people who are listening out there, and for my own curiosity for you. What is it about having a failure that makes you hold yourself to a higher standard, gives you the opportunity? To hold yourself to a higher standard because that's not necessarily a given, Bob.
1: You know, it's, it's other than like the, the time period of shame that happens, it could be an X amount of money or whatever. Um, I think it makes me realize like life still keeps going, right? I'm still alive. Like we're still doing this podcast. We're still keeping, well, you're, you're mainly keeping me accountable. Um, our relationships are still there. Nothing's like, I didn't lose a limb or anything from this failure. I'm not, I guess I'm alive. Right. And it makes me realize why was I setting the bar over there when even though I didn't meet the bar, I'm still like, I'm still here. I'm still trying, I'm still putting an effort. So I should just put the, the bar higher. It's like that saying like shoot for the stars and you'll land on the moon and if you don't land on the moon you'll land on like the roof which is better than the floor um so i I, haven't heard
0: the uh i haven't heard the addendum to that bob but i like it a
1: lot man yeah it's it's, either way if you shoot for something you'll be higher than when you started so that that's that's what i'm basing my my everything on my 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 standard for myself how i keep myself accountable as long as i keep on shooting up I'll be going up even though there's like bumps and dips, I guess over a period of time, it's been going up. uh, What about you, Nick? Let's shift. I guess we've been talking about me on how I've been embracing failure and how, I guess that's, that's growing for me. And then my one thing, I know we, we talked about, um, your, your activity, few weeks back. I'm going to ask you something, Nick. I'm gonna, I guess, put you on a hot seat. Has that been like something you've still been thinking about or has that just been something in the back pocket?
0: Good question. If you I actually just, I, I, just to clarify. Are we talking about like talking about like my weaknesses and my strengths and drawing attention to them?
1: So the one from the the book. So where yes. you emailed a bunch yes. of friends.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, It's a good question, Bob. I think it's fluctuated in and out, you know, kind of like waves from crashing in and out of the ocean. Um, Some more powerful than others. Sometimes there's a moment of a lull in between. Um, I say some days are more attentive to it acutely than others. I think all all days I'm aware of it, especially with my communication, my communication style and how I work on that. I've been appreciating the nuances of it. Um, but some days are more intensely focused while other days are like, no, I'm just, let's just have awareness around this and let's have, um, intentionality behind this. And I like that I have developed a habit around that where I'm okay with the punctuations, um, because it is, because it gets integrated in my life. It's not like I have to do this and it's rigid and this, that, and the other thing that's external to what I do already. I feel like I'm doing a better job of integrating and making more natural it's bringing that intentional awareness um, to another level to everything I do already, as opposed to this is, like, where I first started with, like, this is a whole brand-new thing I need to spend a ton, ton of time focusing on.
1: Oh, I like it. That's, that's, uh, that's the real <laughs> Nick David answer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: whatever that means, right?
1: Yeah, whatever that means. I love it, Nick. It's, it's great. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Nick? Dude, that is, uh,
0: that is, that is about it, man. I, uh, I had a freaking uh, great hike, uh, that I had this past weekend. Um, it was actually my, uh, first time it was just over 10,000 feet. So the first time I, uh, was hiking at that elevation. It felt great. Loved it. Um, wow, congratulations. First time. yeah, dude, it was fun. Um, you know, my, uh, my virgin legs out here climbing up that mountain. So it's, uh, no, man, it was, it was good. Um. Wait, next. so did you
1: start from zero feet?
0: No, no, no. I did. Actually, I'll have, have to look that up where I started from. So it wasn't like a 10,000-foot climb. It wasn't like at sea level. Um, I'll, have to, I'll have to look that up. But um, it ended up um, being a little bit over 10,000 feet for the end of the mountain. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah, man. It was, I... it was a fun day hike. It was exactly what I needed to kind of recenter after – Uh, while of kind of some intensity of residency in a row. So it was really nice.
1: I'm not the the mountain person or the mountain expert. So at 10,000 feet, is there snow? Um, Depends
0: on the time of year. This time of the year in California, there was not snow. Um, But through like, I think November to like March or so, there definitely would be snow at the top.
1: Okay. Oh, that's awesome. No, that's cool. That's good. It sounds like you you've been rejuvenated from this hike, even though it was strenuous, probably. Um, but that's awesome.
0: Yeah, man. I uh, I slept good that night. That's a guarantee. Yeah. All right, Bobby, so let's want talk, talk about game plan for uh, accountability before we get and then going next week.
1: Yeah. No. Last last week I talked about or two weeks ago we talked about um. Just I just wanted to get the. the and be study, study all the readings that I needed to do for this program that I'm doing. And I did all of it. It's doing it's doing amazing. I'm on task with it. I'm 100%. Um, I think I, I've been reading this book, The Goal, five, ten pages every day. I think I want to read 100 pages by the next time we talk, so 20 pages a day.
0: I like that, say. That seems doable. Um, and again, what I like about that is like, hey, you're already attached to the habit, you're already good. You're like, hey, I'm hungry for this stuff anyway. Let's just make it a little bit more accountable. Yeah. Oh. What about you, Nick? Hmm. Let me t- let me take a think here. Um, okay, I know. Um, by next time that we talk, I will have started the um, OCS prep program um, through MedBridge for preparing for studying and getting ready for the um,
1: OCS exam. I love it. It's amazing. All right, next. Let's get it.
0: All right, Bob. Stay strong, brother. Be well and chase those goals. You Take care. Take care. Take care.